Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Work Stories is a place for women of color to share their experiences in the workplace. We're no longer whispering these stories to our best friends and partners and then shoving them to the backs of our minds and just dealing. We're talking about bias, equal pay, bad bosses, racist hiring practices, and all the crazy things your coworkers have done or said to you. This is a safe place to tell those stories. The floor is open, y'all. We are telling it all. Thanks so much for tuning in to Work Stories this week. My last guest of the season is a woman in corporate leadership and an entrepreneur who is breaking down some of what we need to know to climb that corporate ladder, nurture our own businesses, and truly support other women. Turn your volume up for this one. All right. Today, I am joined by Jasmine Brand. Jasmine, thanks for joining me. Hey, Joy. Thanks so much for having me. Yes. Can you just briefly introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. Uh, my name is Jasmine Brand. I'm a Scorpio. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's important to know. That's good. <laughs> it, is. it really is. Um, but no, I'm an entrepreneur based in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I'm um, really passionate about women, championing women. I've, I've been an active volunteer, investor, supporter of women, uh, specifically women in business for the last mm, 12 years. And I'm a marketer, communications expert by trade. I've got an agency uh, where I do consulting and help women-owned businesses and and companies, mid to large size companies with their communication efforts too. Uh, And uh, lastly, my baby project and something that that I'm really passionate about is Her Texas, which is a platform created to uh, connect women in Texas. Yeah. Amazing. I feel like you're doing so much. I'm like tired thinking about it. (laughs) Me too, girl. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I guess let's start off. You said your background's comms marketing. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about what your experience has been like as a Black woman in those spaces? You know, it's probably why I'm an entrepreneur. (laughs) My corporate experience is definitely one that I think prepared me to be an entrepreneur um, because I I can really uh, verse really well with a lot of my corporate clients. But I always had challenges um, in, in how to communicate things for myself and also how to just navigate the corporate space, specifically when it, it came to climbing the corporate ladder. I don't know if I always said the right things, did the right things. My dad used to always tell me something that I now, looking back on it, makes total sense. But at the time, I was like, Dad, whatever. He would always say, Jasmine, you need to stop and have donuts with people. You need to go have lunch with people. Because for me... My job was just to complete my job. I go in, kill it, overachieve, you know, knock out all the objectives I'm supposed to. 
And then that's it. And I think a lot of women of color specifically, we believe that the keys to our success are, are completing the, the task at hand and doing a great job of with the, the role we've been given. But honestly, that's not the case. I'd say that's about 80% of it. The other 20% is how we navigate those relationships with others that we work with and specifically those in leadership. And I kind of failed to do that, honestly, in my corporate um, in my corporate life. I was so focused on the work. I didn't really do a lot of the networking. I didn't know how to, honestly. And a lot of the decisions that are being made and were being made about my role and about a lot of things in my department were done over donuts at lunchtime on a golf course outside of the actual time that I was working. And so um, that really shaped my life as an entrepreneur because it's all about relationships. And yes, when the client signs on a contract, it's like, we want to work with you, Jasmine, that's great. But there was so much that goes into before they sign on that contract. And a lot of times the contract's being signed, not just because they're like, you'd be a great fit for what we're doing. It's because of all these relationships and all these conversations that have happened way before uh, the contract's been even signed. So mm-hmm. um, I, I had a lot of great experiences learning lessons, but it was challenging for me. Um, and I think I was just probably made to be an entrepreneur. And that's probably why I had so many challenges. Yeah, I hear that that conversation a lot for black women of like, we should be on the golf course. That golf course reference is really popular, but it's, it's so hard to be focused on the personal relationships when you feel like you're struggling day to day, just to, just to, you know, feel seen and feel respected. And then it's like, now I'm supposed to have dinner with you. Now I'm supposed to go to drinks with my coworkers who I don't even think, think that I got this job on my own merit. I know. I know. Yeah. (laughs) We have a lot more to, to think about and worry about. I was just talking to my younger sister about this. Um, You know, it, it is true. No matter how far we've made advances in equality and we know we have so much work to do. Being a black woman in a corporate environment, it's not just about us going to work. If you are someone like me who wanted to have a leadership role, wanted to make some waves, wanted to, to make an impact, it is going to require you to do the work. And the, doing the work means excelling at the work you're doing, but also building those relationships. Now, what's what helped me along the way to do that, though, is also finding those mentors and those allies that can help you with it. I think sometimes as women, we think we have to do it all ourselves. So we immediately think, oh, gosh, I've got to do all this work and I got to go out and do all this and I've got to take care of me so much. And I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned is to leverage relationships. So there's lots of people along my journey that have opened doors for me, inviting me to sit at tables, inviting me into rooms that many of us have not been invited. I've been very blessed in this aspect and don't take it for granted ever. But I realized me trying to climb and, and open up all the doors, that's exhausting and tiring. And it ages us, y'all. It doesn't look good. <laughs> it's exhausting, right? And so it's like, who do we have in our circle, our network, who can help leverage some of that 20%? Like, we don't have to do it all on our own. It could be someone that we know that's connected, that could invite us to an event where we're going to be able to network and build out those relationships. So I think it is hard and it's a lot, but I, I think it's also just refining what goals you have in work. If you're not trying to be a superstar and you're like, I'm just here to work. I don't really have kind of these ambitious goals. This may, what I'm saying may not necessarily be directly tied to you, but it's also looking at our network and seeing how we can leverage our connections. It, it comes back to, are we actually building out a robust network too? Some of us only talk to our, the people we know and we don't expand outward for that. And so I think that sometimes hurts us in the long run. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. Great for us to really be thinking about and work on, right? It's yeah, you're not going to become this like social butterfly at work and focus person overnight. You right. got to work up to it small steps. Like I <laughs> jokingly say with my friends, like, I don't want to hear about people's kids. I don't care what they did on the weekend. <laughs> like, I know that sounds bad, but like, I'm no, so just I sometimes you. annoyed and just trying to focus and get the work done. Right. I'm trying to do my task at home, right. try to be responsible. So like, I don't want to know about your kid's school play. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sure they're cute. I just don't want, but maybe the first step for somebody like me would be asking those questions, right? Like, how was your weekend? What did you do? What do you like to do? What do your weekends normally look like? And then from there end up, you know, talking over donuts from there end up going to the actual events with coworkers. So it's a progression. <laughs> it is, but I would also think of it like this. And it's also too, when, when someone's trying to lose weight or, or improve their health, that it no longer is just this separate thing. It's just part of my day to day. And so it's really kind of an innovative look at how we define our own personal brand, that it's a part of our job. Like it's not separate, but it literally, if we've got, let's say nine hours in a day or eight hours or how much time you dedicate to work, a percentage of that should be dedicated to relationship building, working on your own brand. Like it's no longer separate. It's And I think I shared this when we first talked, the personal perspective way to look at things, that this professional and personal should be intertwined. And it's not really like I do all my work and then do that. It's like, yeah. have I actually reached out to anyone today? Have I sent an email to anyone? Have I said, hey, you look great or I love, love, looks like you just got a promotion. Congratulations. Or how are you doing? So I think it's just a different way we look at it. And what I've done that over the course of my career, and it's always come back in so many positive ways, putting out that good energy. And you always hear this stuff too, but it it truly is because you don't even know who, what people are going through, specifically Mm -hmm. those that we're working with that look like they've got it going on and everything's perfect. No, we're all struggling and trying to figure it out. Yep. We got to, we got to work on that. So talk to us about her Texas. Like, such a good idea. Tell us how it started. What was the inspiration behind it? Yeah. So, you know, I've always been an ideas person since I was a little girl and I've, I have ideas all the time. And some of these ideas have, have turned into businesses over the years. Some have just kind of state ideas or, or they're still floating out there. Uh, with Her Texas, it came out of an idea, but honestly, a, a real need. I had was working. So along the way, of doing consulting and, and starting several ventures, I was asked to lead a, a media company on the startup space here. And it was a fantastic time, but it was also really challenging. A, I had never really been in the startup space. And B, there's still a big bro culture. And I don't think that's just here in Texas. I think that's everywhere. We see it all the time. Mm-hmm. So I had so many uh, learning lessons, some really tough challenges, but had lots of amazing stuff and, and discoveries. And we specifically focused on the North Texas startup community, but I started to build relationships with women around the state in my role as CEO. And I realized that the state of Texas, we just have some incredible women here that are building things um, that most of us don't know about. And so when I left that role, I really was exhausted and tired um, and probably had a form of PTSD, honestly, from it, just because the leadership is challenging. I have a f- great friend, a author and speaker that always tells me no one prays for the lion, meaning at the top is really hard. It looks easy. It looks we all have thoughts and perceptions about how people could do things, but it's very hard leading anything. So I always have lots of empathy for anyone who takes on the role of a CEO. And so I was wondering what was going to happen next. I wasn't sure. 
I was like, you know, I've got my agency. I can continue to consult. But I had already started building these relationships with these incredible women around the state. And I they were reaching out, Jasmine, I'm looking for an investor, or do you know who's hiring? Or I'm looking for a co-founder. And so me, I was just connecting people via email. And I was like, there has to be something a little bit more formal because A, I'm slow as a turtle with emails. But I figured with the state this huge, you know, we've got over 15 million uh, women here. There has to be some entity or something that's here so that it's connecting us by the cities. Because as of right now in Texas, Texas is very siloed. Mm -hmm. What's happening in Dallas, it's not necessarily connected what's happening in Houston uh, or what's going on in Waco. And we really saw this in full view with the ice storm in February of this year that we all were, were going through challenges when we lost the, when the statewide power outage, but the cities weren't working together. There really wasn't any unity between. And so that was really like a, a glimpse into kind of how Texas functions. Well, I researched and saw, no, there wasn't really any entity. There wasn't really an organization. There's a couple of things out there, but not really from a statewide perspective. And more importantly, not with the, not with diversity in mind, meaning representation has matters here and it's lacking. Texas is actually more of a diverse state than the, than you would believe it to be, but we don't always get to see that because of how our story is being told. And so her Texas start, the idea started in 2019, this idea of just creating something, uh, some glue that starts to connect women around the state. Uh, over the last uh, two years, it's really evolved into a platform. And so I'm excited about what the future holds for her, Texas. I think, you know, the pandemic tweaked our mission because before I, I really wasn't thinking at an ecosystem level before we started. I think we were just thinking, let's put out great content. Let's do some events around the state. But of course, everything changed last year. And I realized content is great. Events are awesome, but that's not going to move the needle forward here. There's something wrong. Something's not moving us forward. You've got all these uh, kick-ass, excuse my language, <laughs> women here. We still have some problems here. And in fact, when it comes to Black women starting businesses here and the prolific amount of women starting companies here, Latinas are number one. But by year two or three, many of us are quitting or failing or have not really had the resources or educational tools needed to, to scale and become something more than just a solopreneur and nothing wrong with being a solopreneur, but all of us know that in order to really truly grow anything, you need people, you need support and resources. And so a lot of us are out here with fantastic ideas, awesome businesses. Got We have the grit, the hustle, the drive to do it. Yet we're stalling out about year two or three. And so her Texas is on a mission to, to hopefully change that. We had a lot of stuff planned this year, but what I've learned, um, Along the way, being a, a A type, a extreme A type overachiever is like to relax and let things chill for a bit and let let things kind of take shape as they are. You know, we didn't get to host a lot of the events we wanted this year, but we still have continued to build out a movement and our the numbers of women that have signed up for our email list and that have reached out wanting to be part of it continues to grow. The world didn't end because our strategic plan didn't come to fruition. And that's a huge lesson for me as a founder. And I've been in the game for a while and I'm still learning lessons. And so I'm thankful actually for a lot of the lessons in the pandemic because I, I wasn't even thinking at the level we needed to that we are an organization for women. We're here as a platform of representation, but we truly want to be an ecosystem builder, create a new table for the women that truly are living, working and building stuff here. 
Okay, let me be honest. When I first found out about her Texas and I was like digging around, I didn't realize that there was a black woman who had founded it. Because my first instinct was a lot of times when um, we see organizations or movements around women, white women are leading those. Yes. I think it's easier for white women to say, hey, let's all get together and do this one thing where black women or Asian women or Latinas, like we have such our, we have our own nuances in our culture and the way we have to navigate the world. We tend to focus in our groups because that's mm-hmm. easier. That's something we understand better. And let's be honest, there's this huge dis- disconnect between women of color and white women, particularly black women and white women. <laughs> and, right. so, and so it's we just don't usually run those spaces that are more generalized for all women. So when I saw that you were the creator, I was like, oh my gosh, this definitely made me change my perception on what is possible. And perhaps better ways that we should be connecting because we really do focus on our own groups. You know what? First of all, that's awesome feedback for me to hear, Joy. And it's something that I've heard that quite often. And I think you're actually not off from thinking that because most of the initiatives, organizations, ideas, projects that are statewide are not run by Black women. Sometimes when a woman of color is leading something, the assumption from people outside of the community is that it's only for that group, Mm -hmm. which is a horrible assumption because when we see white women leading an organization, we don't assume, oh, it's only for white women. We join it, we participate, (laughs) whatever, right? It's a double standard for sure. There are a lot of challenges here for equality for women, even when we're just talking about business support and visibility. Do you think that entrepreneurship is one way to move that needle for women in Texas and throughout the country? We, we represent 50.6% of the state. The amount of money that women are, are generating from uh, businesses is massive. Um, Latina business owners here rank high when it, just across the state nationally when it comes to revenues coming in. Now, our ability to sustain is our challenge here. I, I do think, though, that we've got a failure in leadership. I think that's a a big piece of that. And I also think who's telling our story. I think it's so important as women for us to be able to tell our own story. And and there's others that are sharing our story. So that's some of it. So I don't think we're really oppressed here, but I do think there's some leadership challenges and, and leadership can change and evolve over time too. But it takes women not leaving and giving up and saying, I'm done with it. Like, I think that's some of the problem too, you know, that, just because things are challenging doesn't mean that that we can't work through it. And so, A, I think entrepreneurship is always the key to most things. It gives you a sense of, of confidence and completion when you define your destiny and you control your financial uh, destiny for sure. And entrepreneurship also not only gives the founder herself purpose and gives her a way to take care of herself, but she also has the ability to, to create jobs and opportunities for others. Entrepreneurship is the way towards financial freedom, mental health freedom. It really does help. Now, it's not it's not easy. It's a challenging life. But um, the sense of control and the sense of, of destiny building you have is something that's just really hard to let go. I, I definitely have a whole plan for this next year. I'm going to have to psych myself up for it because I definitely have gotten very comfortable Zooming from my house yeah. <laughs> <laughs> during the pandemic. But I also realized that if, if I don't share what's happening here and if, and if the Her Texas team doesn't share what's going on, who will? 
There's been several times too where I've been like, you know, this is going to be too much of a project. I really kind of want to quit. I never forget my mom told me, she said, if not you, Jasmine, who will? And mm-hmm. I remember she she always had the way to say things that would really kind of guilt trip me. Not in a negative way, but she's exactly right. We'll just continue to have the same challenges here if some of us don't take a, a chance. And I realized this idea of us providing sisterhood for women, that that's for me too. Sometimes as a founder, we forget about ourselves and how we play a role in the mission of the things we're building. This is for me as well. I also need that sisterhood of women. I also want women to have my back and the root for me. So what I'm trying to create for other women, I have to also remind myself that I have that too. All of this is making me think about how we generally work together as women. What does better supporting each other as women look like to you? What's the key to that? And I, when I say women, I mean like all women, <laughs> um, not just women of color, but definitely white women where I've mentioned before there's a disconnect. What is the key to actually being able to fully support each other? Yeah, I always say, does the audio match the video or the visuals? And what I mean by that is we can use that hashtag, women supporting women. We can join all the groups. We can wear the T-shirts and girl boss it and girl gang and all this stuff. But are our actions actually supporting what we're trying to say? And, and this is really easy, too. So likes are great. So if someone's got an adventure or they, they're posting about a project they've joined or a board they've joined or they just rolled out something, likes are great. But how can we activate that and take that to the next level? Um, I've been a firm supporter and, and someone who's benefited from women's empowerment, but I, and a lot of us have, meaning other women who've empowered us, who've opened doors for us. But I think we're now at a place where next level women's empowerment is women's advancement. So it's, I think how we support each other is mm-hmm. taking it up a notch. So if someone says, I just launched a podcast, have you listened to it? <laughs> right. Or if you're busy, cause we all have stuff going on. Yeah busy, but have you shared about it? Have you actually gone on? Have you subscribed? Like there's lots of stuff that we can do. And while we say we have busy lives, we all have stuff going on. We're all busy until we all each need something. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like setting those seeds, planting those seeds now, cause we're all going to need something later on. We're all going to need something, but that that's a, goes back to that relationship building up in order to to preach women's empowerment and to support other women, we have to actually put it into place. And so I, back to that whole idea of like, we've got this day, we've got a day, you know, when we've got to work, work out or we meditate, whatever we do, we also find a little time to build some relationships, but it's like looking at that too. If if women's empowerment is huge for you, or if you, if you call yourself a champion of women, what are you doing on a daily or weekly or monthly basis mm-hmm. to actually put that into action? And it's the same thing as working out or drinking water. You know, I I set alarms for me to remind myself to drink water because I will forget to do it, right? right? Same thing for this. If you're super busy, scatter, you have a lot going on, or you know it's something that you, you're not going to inherently think about, you need to put it in your calendar and, and say, do a checkpoint and a half point of the month. Have I? What have I done to empower other women this month? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't require you like, oh, I've got to go on this big, huge mission or I've got to do all this stuff or go to all the events. You can do something. And what I've determined is that a lot of us are saying it, but we're not actually doing it. And the reason why is because there's too many of us out there suffering and having challenges, either on the job at work or trying to start a business. So many of us have side hustles, have side ventures. We don't know what we're doing. We're screwing stuff up, failing along the way. 
and you there's someone in your circle that probably could help out, could probably mentor or connect you with someone. Yet we just don't sometimes take the initiative to say, hey, do you need help with that? That was like the most powerful thing. And, and me, because I've been around for so long and I have had some successes, very rarely do people ask. Now, I'm also horrible about that too, about me saying, hey, I could use some help. But um, that is probably it, it, the biggest thing I've done when I have networked or try to build relationships. That's the first thing I always ask. How can I support what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Even if I'm still, don't, even if I don't know how, what I'm going to do, that at least lets the person start to open up. So I think that the challenge for us as, as women who want to support other women is to actually do it, to not just say it, uh, but to actually do it. Likes are fine, but actually buying a ticket, subscribing to something, sending me a personal email, do an email co- introduction. Like that's, that's the stuff that gets things moving forward. Just liking something that's like 1985 or whatever. Like that's, we passed that at this point. Like that's, that's like old school. We can't just like stuff anymore. We have to really activate uh, that empowerment and to do things. And, and if it's, if you're someone who can do several women per month and say, I'm going to go to an event, I'm going to subscribe to it. Great. But if you can't, then just reach out to one woman this month and, and say, how can I help you? Yeah. I, I love that. And I was thinking about, I mean, this is something small, right? Just one way to show some effort, but we're in the holiday season. Like maybe make a concerted effort to make sure that the gifts that you're giving are from Mm -hmm. women owned businesses, you know, Yes, you might have a go to place that isn't but take the extra seconds and do the research or think about all your friends who have businesses or the people you follow and say, okay, where how can I patronize these businesses instead of ordering off Amazon or, you know, um, going to these other vendors we use to put the money back in our female communities. Yeah, yeah, I think that's huge. But I also think, you know, a lot of us are dealing with, with anxiety and depression. I know we we have it in my family. I've dealt with it as just a, as a female founder, more money, more problems. Like <laughs> I've dealt with it for sure. Send her a gift card to Starbucks. The joy you have of creating something from scratch and seeing it come to fruition. There's nothing else like it, but it's hard and it's scary to put yourself out there and hope that people like it or you build something. Maybe pick one of those girls and send them a gift card or send her an email. I just want to let you know, I am really proud of what you're doing. Like I've watched you. I've seen what you try to build. I hope that I can try to start support you or maybe let me know how I can. Sometimes people will tell you exactly what they need. Yeah. And I would even add to that, um, go outside of your group, outside of your orientation and learn about what other women need, because the more we can educate ourselves on other types of women, we can be better allies. We can be better consumers. We can just show up for our sisters better. And that's something, you know, I think I'm as a black woman, I don't act like I know the struggles of other people of color. So that's something I've been really pushing myself to do. So I encourage everyone else to to do that as well. Like really understand what other people's needs are. And like you said, you can also just ask them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We have to start to think outside of who we know and have to push the, the envelope a little bit. Your network should reflect where you're headed, not where you are. Definitely. Okay. So you're doing a lot. You're running a business and you have the organization. Give us your like number one work-life balance technique. What do you <laughs> need? Because this is what people, because there's other people who want to do what you're doing, right? They are, they're already doing it. They're already trying to balance and it's, it's probably a little shaky. So what do you depend on? 
I I accept that it's going to be shaky and I don't really actually strive for work-life balance because oh. that actually created more anxiety for me trying to do it, oh. trying to figure it out. Right. Okay. Like it's, I think I read an article too once when it's, it's not really a balance. It's like a teeter totter. Like sometimes the work is going to take the bulk of everything because mm-hmm. that's just how that goes. Right. For example, I had a birthday not too long ago and spent two weeks in Italy. Nice. I, I I said I was going to work and do all this. I did. I ate all the stuff. <laughs> I did. Now, when I came back, of course, I had a mound of stuff, but that's okay though. At that time, the balance was my life. I needed to, I've had a really challenging year, A, just trying to build ventures, but also uh, losing a parent this year. And mm-hmm. so for me at that time, it was about the teeter-tottering towards a personal life. Yeah. But, but we've got a really um, ambitious plan for her Texas next year. So it's going to lean more towards work. Uh, so I don't know if it's about achieving a work-life balance. I think it's just, it's about creating a life where they kind of seamlessly go together. Yeah. And it also really is tied to the goals you have too. You know, for me, I'm really trying to to do something on a large scale, which means my life is not going to really be a traditional and so I have to give myself the the grace to say that there's times when I'm probably going to have to do a lot of extra work, but I'm also hoping I'm building the kind of career business and life where I'm not really taking a break from any, anyone. Life balance is about creating a life that's, that, that the two things kind of intertwine. That would probably be my biggest piece of advice to, to give ourselves a little breathing room to, to know that it's not always going to look perfect. I, I love that. Yep. You just, it's going to, the, the balance really probably doesn't happen. And just it kind of accepting that it reminds me of when people say, can I have it all? And it's like, yeah, just not at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, such great advice. And I love having your perspective on here. And I hope everyone really like relieves that pressure and gives themselves some grace. Let our audience know how they can connect with you and with her Texas. Sure. So um, on all the social channels, Jazz and No E, Brand, B-R-A-N-D, Her Texas is hertexas.co, but we're on all the social channels. If you're someone that thinks you might do business with the state of Texas or you're someone who's chasing your career, there's so many opportunities here. We're a resource. So we welcome anyone to, to reach out, connect with us. We're here for you. This was the perfect way to end our first season with inspiration and tangible advice that you can start to put into practice today. It has been so fun having these conversations throughout the season. I've learned a lot, and I hope you have too. Let me know what you thought of the whole season by messaging me at WorkStories on Instagram or leaving a review if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. And make sure you keep your notifications on because I might just be giving you some mini episodes between now and the start of the second season, premiering in February. And as you shop for the holidays, birthdays, or anytime gifts, Make sure you're considering getting Work Stories merch, where your purchase goes directly into the creation of more episodes. Thank you so much for hearing my story and the stories of all the women who shared this season and believing us. This is the start to change. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.